chapter number 5, verse... Well, we're going to start with verse number 1, but before that, let's look at our uh, review from last week. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to finish the standing and state of the save today. Um, we're going to be reading a whole bunch of verses, so... Bear with me if you can't follow in your own Bibles, um, then you can just go on ahead and look at that screen in front or behind me and then follow along with your eyes and, or you can just take down the notes for, you know, the, the references in your notes so you can look at them later on. Now, uh, maybe there's been a couple of, uh, you know, maybe there's been a couple of people thinking, man, we open, we read so much Bible in this church. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Because this is our spiritual food. Can you imagine going to a restaurant and just like sometimes I sometimes we my wife and I would be watching like the food channel and they would do some of those fancy plates with just like like a, a piece of crouton or something. I'm like, I can't be full with that. <laughs> But can you imagine going to a restaurant and you just like, and people complain, we eat too much food in this restaurant. So, um, so because we're Christians, the first distinctive that we have, that we must have between us and uh, unsaved people other than being saved is that we believe the Bible. Praise God. And so if we believe the Bible, we should be happy we should be excited that we are actually opening the Bible in our church. That's one of the problems with a lot of churches in our country and all over the world today is that they have moved the philosophy or, or, or messages that'll make you feel good and things like that instead of preaching the Word of God. So by the grace of the living God, that's, that's what we plan to do um, is read a lot of, of Bible verses. So you know that what I'm preaching is not the gospel of Francis Simeon. It's, it's the word of God. So let's go to, to our review from last week. I know it's pretty small over here, but uh, this is the review from a couple of two Sundays, the last two Sundays. Uh, number one, the pronouns the, thou, Thy and thine starts all with a T, all starts with a T, are first, second, or third person? Second person, because it's talking to somebody, talking directly to somebody. But are they singular or plural pronouns? Singular, right? They're only talking to one person, all right? Number two, consequently, the pronouns ye, you, your, yours are, of course, also second person. But are they singular or plural? Plural, plural all right? Pronoun. So just like the verse in John 3, 7, Jesus Christ was only talking to one person, person by the name of Nicodemus. He said, marvel not that I say unto thee, rightfully so. He was talking to one person. Marvel not that I say unto thee. T starts with a T. Second person, he was talking directly to Nicodemus. Singular. And then he switches from singular. Ye must be born again. You see that? 
All right. So again, and then this is from two Sundays ago. God created Adam in his own image. Adam sinned and everyone that, that was born after that was born in Adam's own image. Before salvation, no matter what religious thing we do, it does. Does it count or it does not? Does not count because it is done in Adam. Upon salvation, we are placed in blank. Christ. Our blank upon and after salvation is in Christ. So God sees the image of Christ even if we or the world do not see it. Our standing. But we, last but not least for our review, will bear the image of Christ upon the adoption or the redemption of our bodies during the catching away, a.k.a. also known as the the rapture. All right. Praise God. Let's go to our text, but before that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for um, everyone that's here and those that can't be here they're uh um tending to their needs and stuff like that especially that of their family and we lift them up to you father um give them wisdom give us wisdom over here as well and help us to listen and just uh, set aside ourselves the flesh and to just listen to you so we will know what you want us to learn in jesus name i pray amen Romans chapter number 5, verse number 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, not works, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand. So that's talking about our standing. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, uh, pretty self-explanatory. We are justified by faith, not by works. Uh, and because of that, we have peace with God. All the previous things we've been talking about just kind of just intertwines. And that's how the Bible is, amen? That's why here a little and there a little. First um, Corinthians chapter number 15. While you're going there, there's been a couple of times that I've read a specific uh, portion of Scripture, maybe a hundred times. And then after that, I'm like, wait a second. I haven't, how come I haven't seen that before? Have you experienced that? Yes, because that's the Holy Ghost saying, all right, well, during the previous hundred times, you were not ready to learn and to, or to apply this in your life yet. Now you are. Here's what it means. All right. Um, and and uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 1 to 2 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Who is that I, the antecedent of that? Uh, or, or sorry, who is that I that it's talking about? That's Paul. Declare unto you the gospel which I, uh, Paul, preached unto you, which also ye have received. Watch that next statement there. And wherein... Ye stand. The next few words of verse number two says, By which also ye are saved. So that's talking about the standing. 
Now, when it comes to the state, uh, we've, we've read these verses before. Philippians 2, 19 to 20, it says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. All right? So those are our texts that we're going to discuss more of that later on. But as a review for our standing, our standing has to do with what God can see. Not what, what man can see, but what God can see. I was actually talking to my sister yesterday, praise God. We had a good conversation. She said, the one, that, the one that's a nurse in California, she's the one who said that, uh, she is listening to us right now, or not right now, but like during later times. But she took one of our videos, the one about hell, and she let her workmate listen to it. And praise God, um, one of the biggest things, questions that her workmate had was, um, I... I know hell is real. I know that the Lord Jesus Christ died, uh, rose, or was buried and rose again. But how can I be sure that I'm secure? Or how can I be sure that I won't lose my salvation? See, that's one of the biggest problems of people these days. It's like they've heard the stories. They've heard uh, it from Sunday school. But how can they be sure? What they're wanting is that security that whenever they do actually receive that salvation, it does not get lost or it does not get snapped away from them. So we were talking yesterday and one of the things we were talking about was that, see, what a lot of people don't get is when we get saved, it is not visible. It is not, but it's not in, you know, we don't all of a sudden get a halo or just like what we were talking about yesterday or last Sunday, we don't all of a su- sudden, boom, illuminate. You are the light of the world after all, you know. We don't all of a sudden physically manifest that salvation, if you will. It's in the eyes of God. It is a legal declaration done before God. Right in the eyes of men, they still see this brother Francis, who is who is hard headed, who is stubborn, who is who is who is the biggest sinner that everyone knows. But in the eyes of God, my standing is that I am saved. I am in Christ. Praise God. And then we also talked about in the eyes of God, all things are lawful, uh, and but our state. Um, all things are not expedient. We'll talk about that here in a bit. So, uh, talking about in the eyes of God, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, it says, uh, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us uh, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I This just came to me right now. I hope... Actually, earlier when we were praying, I hope this is a blessing to everyone, especially who had damage or is in need uh, because of the storm. Who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Question, do we already own 
those blessings. Yes. That's, this is already ours because God has already blessed us with it. It happened when we were saved. Question, how many spiritual blessings do we already have? All of them. There's one problem though. It's not in earthly places, is it? <laughs> it's where? In heavenly places in Christ. According, so, so watch what the next words say. According as He had chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before men. Is that what it says? Before Him in love. As soon as we got saved, in the eyes of God, we are put in Christ. We are declared justified. Our sins are forgiven. And then it's not even our righteousness. Amen. It's the righteousness of God applied on us. Amen. So our forgiveness takes care of our past sins. The declaration of us being righteous takes care of our present sins. But it's not just our righteousness, it's the righteousness of God that takes care of our future sins. Praise God. But see, nobody else sees that. I don't even see, see that. In the eyes of God, you know, I have an awesome picture over here. This is my model shot, my model picture. You want to see it? In the eyes of God, this is what he sees. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open my model picture, my, uh, my portrait, okay? You ready? In the eyes of God, before I, before I, open, that, before I open that and, and show that to you, all you saw was just an envelope, right? That represents Christ. And once this sinner trusted that the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is sufficient for him for his salvation. He does not need to work for it. He is put in Christ. And to be sure, remember we were talking about the security. People are wanting security. To be sure that you're in Christ and you don't lose your salvation, you are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. And in Christ, God does not see that sinner. God sees Christ, His Son. Amen. Now, when it comes to our state, that's a different story. What they see is this sinner. What they don't see is Christ in me. There is that, some, there is that thing called the doctrine of the reciprocal indwelling. Meaning, when we are saved, we are put in Christ. But also, reciprocally, is that a word? <laughs> when we get saved, Christ lives in us. Oh, that blows my mind. But what a blessing. So in the eyes of God, He sees Christ, not my sin. That's all washed away, praise God. But in the eyes of man, He sees this sinner, not the, not that Christ lives in me. That's why we have to watch out. That's why we have, just like what we read earlier, take care of your state. Whew. Well, praise God. That envelope alone, that's good. That's good. That's, that'll preach. Let's go home. 
All right. Um, so we we read that uh, in. When it comes to our standing, all things are lawful. When it comes to our state, all things, not all things are expedient. So we read uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 10. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor ad- adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But... Praise God for that next verse. Woo! And such were, past tense, right? Some of you. But ye are washed. I love just studying tenses. I used to hate study. I, thought, I talked to you yes, last week about my teacher, my English teacher, Mrs. Javier, right? Man, I, I, I appreciate all her samurai-wielding techniques now that I'm trying to learn the Bible because I just, you know, just reading and appreciating the words. Whew, praise God for what he's done for us. Amen? Amen. You were, su- such were some of you, but ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And uh, and by the Spirit of our God, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. And we talked about this last week. Um, not everything, or everything that we do, or sorry, nothing that we do is going to take our salvation from us. Praise God. You know why? Because we did not have to do anything to be saved. Right? But all things are not expedient. The verse itself explains the verse. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Will drugs take away your salvation? No. It might take away your sanity or the quality, like your, uh, like a good testimony. But is it wise? No, because you might brought, be brought under the power of it. And that leads to a bad testimony of Christ. And a couple of weeks back, we talked about being an ambassador. An ambassador is somebody who is a representative of a specific state or a specific country. Amen? What kind of, our, of an ambassador are we? That's the question. All right. So now we can move forward. Woohoo! Number three, standing, our standing is unchangeable. Praise God for that. Our state, however, changes all the time. Uh, so like I said yesterday, yesterday, I was talking to my sister. We were talking about eternal security. Here is actually one of the best, my favorite verses that has to do with eternal security. And we've, all, we've read this a couple of times over, over here already. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believe, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. All right? So we talked about that verse during the lesson about um, the order of salvation. But watch here. 
the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of His glory. So we've already discussed that the term earnest is also another term for a down payment. Now, here's why this is one of my favorite verses for eternal security. When you put a down payment on something, it's supposed to be as good as yours. It's also called a security sometimes, right? Now, if God, per adventure, changes his mind, well, never mind that, before I, I get ahead of myself, when we change our mind on something that we've put a down payment on, guess what? The deal is broken, and what else do you, do you lose? You lose your down payment, exactly. If God peradventure changes his mind, like I said earlier, and says, you know what? I'm going to take away this person's salvation. Guess what he loses? His down payment. The Holy Spirit. Can he do that? No, that's impossible. Hence, it is impossible for us to lose our salvation. Right? I mean, for us, sure. We're fick, some, most of the time we're fickle-minded. Oh, I want this one day. Oh, I don't want that not one day. Oh, I'm going to put a down payment on it. And oh, I don't really like the color of this car. I'm going to go somewhere else. We're fickle-minded. But God is not like that. Amen. Amen. Verse, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For all the promises of God are in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Meaning, when God says, yes, you're saved, period. He doesn't say, yay, oh, yeah, or, yeah you're saved right now, but um, I, I guess I'm going to change my mind today. Amen? Now, he which established us with you in Christ uh, and had anointed us is God who had also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. So here's the thing. Like we read earlier, how many spiritual blessings do we have now? All of them. The problem is, it's not here. <laughs> See, that's why we have to be specific. That's why we have to be biblical and doctrinal when we explain salvation to people. It's because they want the benefits of it all right now, and they don't even want the spiritual benefits of it. They want the spiritual benefit, the physical benefits of it. Because maybe they've heard some, some preacher on TV that says, when you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, or when you raise your handkerchiefs in the air, or when you turn your umbrellas upside down, all the blessings of God are going to come, and it's all going to be pouring out to you. And then, you know what? how that translates to people? Cha-ching! dollar signs in their eyes. Am, am I not telling the truth here? It's true, right? That happens. That's why we have to be careful. So we already have all those blessings, but they're spiritual blessings. Praise God for all the things that we have. Praise God for electricity. Praise God for the internet. Praise God for our homes. Praise God. I'm not saying those things are not important, but you know what? By about 
oh, maybe Saturday midnight or Saturday night when we were driving around to look and see if we have electricity yet, only to come to find that there wasn't. <laughs> oh, man, no electricity. Then I look at my wife. And then we look at each other, and then I look at my, our little boy, and you know, we're just, you know, you know what? Praise God that we're just safe. You know, more than important than that, praise God that we're saved. We don't have all of that yet. It's in heavenly places. God says, but you know what? You know how you can be sure you're going to get all of that? You know how you can be sure you'll have access to a body that's incorruptible and never sins at all, I, 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 anymore at all? I'm going to give you a down payment, a, sure, a security that you're going to get that. And that's the Holy Ghost. The best argument for... Uh, eternal security is the security that we get because of the Holy Ghost. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it. Praise God, it didn't say maybe. <laughs> will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, the day that God removes your salvation makes him a liar because is the day that makes him a liar because of that verse. It says he will. It's sure. Amen. Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. Very, very, very famous verse, popular verse. For I am persuaded. Are you persuaded? Are you confident that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature. That gets, that's just about puts us in that verse, right? Because we're also part of any other creature. Shall separate us, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is where? In Christ Jesus our Lord. So, our standing is unchangeable. God, praise God. God cannot, God will not change his mind and take away that salvation. Why? Because nobody can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nobody is strong enough to take that seal away. Amen. Not even myself. I am not strong enough to take that seal of the Holy Spirit away. And so when God looks at me, he, says, he sees Christ. He sees the image of His Son. But, however, <laughs> our state, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, Therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Now here's where I want to get to regarding this. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Our standing is unchangeable. Our state changes all the time. 
Our standing is in Christ. The question is, however you live your life, are you living it through Christ? Our standing is in Christ. Our state should also be through Christ or else we'll be in a state of calamity. Amen. Right? So, number one. Whew, that's the last one there. Praise God. <laughs> Our standing has to do with what God sees, meaning who we are. Our state has to do with what man sees, meaning what we do. Our standing has to do with there's nothing that can take our salvation away. Our state has to do with not everything that you do is expedient, is wise. See, if we're not careful, people will say, you mean to tell me salvation is a permission for us to do whatever we like? No, all things are not expedient. It's not going to take away your salvation, but hey, it's dumb. Amen. Our standing is unchangeable. Our state changes all the time. And our standing, last but not least, our standing has to do with our salvation, while our state has to do with our daily walk. We're going to read a huge chunk of verse here, Ephesians chapter number 2. Oh, hey, I can see the clock now. Praise God. <laughs> um, Ephesians chapter number... Don't worry, we still have about 30 minutes. No, you, we still have about uh, 12 or maybe 8 minutes, something like that. All right, Ephesians chapter number 2. I'm going to start from verse number 1. But before we read that, we know that there's a specific scripture on here that's very familiar to everyone that's saved Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter number two. What, what, verse are, what verses are those? Eight and nine. All right. So that means we're going to lead up to that. All right. Now, um, so follow with your eyes. Ephesians chapter number two, verse one and two. And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, as a Filipino growing up in the Philippines, trying to learn English, I'm like, what does that word quicken mean? That means that mean fast. The first thing that came into my mind was quick, fast, right? But uh, just, like the Bible, just like the Western saying goes, the quick and the dead. It does not mean you're quick in drawing your pistol, your gun, it means the alive and the dead. I know there's a pun there. There's a play of words there. But it also means the quick, as in the quickening, making alive. You had he quickened. God had made us, you, plural, alive, amen, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we know that that's talking about spiritual death because none of us here were dead before and then lived again physically. That's talking about spiritual death. Where in times past, you walked according um, to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Um, and if you have your Bibles open, you might want to underline that children of disobedience because we're going to go to the next verse here has something to do with that as well. So before we got saved, we were dead spiritually. We had a spirit, but we were dead spiritually. And then we got saved and God quickened us. And now we are alive spiritually. Praise God. Again, remember, spiritual dead, death is not a future event. 
it is a present condition for those who are lost. All right? Now, verse number three. Among whom also we all had our conversation in, the, in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the what? Children of wrath. And so, what the world, what humanistic society is trying to push right now, that we're all brothers and sisters, just is impossible, is it? You become the child of God by faith in Him. But before that, when, before salvation, everyone who is lost is a child of wrath and a child of disobedience. But God, whew, praise God for that. <laughs> but God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened, there it is again, us together with Christ, for by grace, by grace are you saved, and had raised us up together. Watch this. Watch this. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So earlier in Ephesians 1, it says that we already have all that spiritual, those spiritual blessings, but they're in heavenly places. Now, we're actually sitting together. See, hath made us. So I was past tense. Hath made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. While I was thinking about a, a title for this message, I was thinking from standing to sitting to walking. I'll show you why later on. Woo! Somebody's got to be excited about God's word. <laughs> Amen. Even when we, uh, sorry, had made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It blows people's minds. How is that possible? How is it possible that right now we're on earth living our lives, but God says you are sitting in heavenly places? The very last, uh, the, the last three words of that phrase explains it all. In Christ Jesus. Because Christ is seated in, that, in the right hand of God. So our standing, that God sees not the sinner, but Jesus Christ, the image of His Son, who is also sitting on His right hand. So right now, our standing, <laughs> can you imagine that? Our standing is that we're sitting. Our standing is that we're sitting in the right hand of God because we are in Christ who is sitting in the right hand of God. We, we can't see that right now. Nobody can see that. Only God the Father can see that. Our everyday friends, family, people, workmates, classmates, they can't see that. They can see only the sinner that's in front of them. But that's not what God sees. That in the ages, of, ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For, here's that verse, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. So far, we're still talking about salvation, right? So far, we're still talking about salvation. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
And then verse 10. Now, can I give you a deep theological truth that's going to help you? Because I've actually been interviewed by somebody in the radio in the Philippines, in Manila. Uh, one of the cults over there. And they use verse 10 as their standing ground that works are important for salvation. For, because verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. You ready for the deep theological truth? Here it is. Verses 8 and 9 comes before verse 10. That, that's deep, isn't it? So meaning the people that God is talking about already are people that are saved. People that are saved, God had ordained for people that are saved to walk in good works. Meaning God does not just save you to have a state of calamity. God saved all of us so we can walk in good works while he hasn't caught us away in the rapture yet. Deep theological truth, huh? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so let me end with this story and then we'll go from there. I'm sure you've, had, I'm sure you've heard this story before. Uh, it's a story of a wealthy man and his, him and his son loved to collect rare works of art. Um, they had everything in their collection from Picasso to Raphael. They would often sit together and admire the great works of art. When the Vietnam conflict broke out, the son went to war. He was very courageous and died in battle while rescuing another soldier. The father was notified and grieved deeply for his only son. About a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock on the door. A young man stood at the door with a large package in his hands. He said, Sir, you don't know me, but I am the soldier for whom your son gave his life. He saved many lives that day, and he was carrying me to safely when a bullet struck him in the heart and he died instantly. He often talked about you and your love for art. The young man held out this package, this, this package that he was holding. He said, I know this isn't much. I'm not really a great artist, but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. The father opened the package. It was a portrait of his son painted by the young man. He stared in awe at the way the soldier had captured the personality of his son in the painting. The father was so drawn to the eyes that his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man and offered to pay him for the picture. He said, oh no, sir, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. Later on, the father died. And there was to be a great auction of his paintings. Many influential people gathered excited over seeing the great paintings and having an opportunity to purchase one of their collection. On the platform sat the painting of the sun. The auctioneer pounded his gavel. Boom! We will start with the bidding with this picture of the sun. Who will bid for this picture? There was silence. 
the voice in the back of the room shouted, We want to see the famous painting! Skip this one! Because <laughs> the soldier that the son uh, saved his life wasn't a good painter. He wasn't known. But the auctioneer persisted, Will someone bid for this painting? Who will start the bidding? 100? 200? Another voice shouted angrily, We didn't come to see this painting! We came to see the Van Goghs, the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. <laughs> but still the auctioneer continued, The sun! The sun! Who will take the sun? Finally, a voice came from the very back of the room. It was the longtime gardener of the man and his son. I'll give $10 for the painting. <laughs> Being a poor man, it was all he could afford. We have $10. Who will bid $20? Give it to him for 10. Let's see the master, says the other voices. <laughs> someone shouted, $10 is the bid. Won't someone bid $20? The crowd became, was, became angry. They didn't want to see the picture of the sun. They wanted the more worthy investments for their collection. The auctioneer pounded the gavel, going once, going twice, boom, sold for $10. The man seated, seated on the second row shouted, now let's get on with the collection. The auctioneer laid down his gavel. I'm sorry, he says. The auction is over. What about the paintings? I am sorry. When I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I, will, I was not allowed to reveal that stipulation until this time. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever brought that, bought that painting would inherit the entire estate including the paintings of the master. And here's what the point is. The man who has the son has everything. We may not have it right now. We may not see it right now because it's in heavenly places. But when you have the son, you have everything. Let's live like we have everything. When you have everything, it's easy to be thankful. Amen. Amen. When you have everything, it's easy to share. When you have everything, it's easy to tell people about what you have. Let's live. Our standing will never change. We already have everything. That will not go away. But what about our state? Let's live like we have everything. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your words. We ask, dear Lord, that you would help us understand the importance of our standing in our state and how secure the salvation that you've given to us is. Thank you, Lord, for the Son. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's anyone out there who hasn't put their trust in his death, burial, and resurrection, we pray that today might be the day, Father. And for those who are saved, Help us, dear God, to live like we have everything because we have everything. And we thank you for that, dear God. We have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We may not see it now because it's in heavenly places, but we have the security of the Holy Ghost that tells us that one day we will have access to it all. And if not even that, dear God, it tells us one day we will see the Son who died, was buried, and rose again for us. 
for that in itself is its, is its own reward. Please help us for this week. And uh, Lord, we pray, we, we, we lift up those that are in need, whatever need that those things are, dear Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you.